0: So much older than I'm younger than that
1: now. We all know how important exercise is to your health. Well, here's something else you need to do every day. Practice gratitude. I'm Bill Schaefer with Mark Middleton, and on this episode of Growing Boulder, we'll be joined by the great John Stamos. He's here to talk about what he believes it takes to stay healthy to stay in shape, but also what it takes to stay happy and stay engaged. And I'm telling you, the guy's come a long way from his days as Uncle Jesse on Full House, and he has some interesting stories and thoughts he'd like to share. Yeah, he still has a whole lot of enthusiasm for
2: life, Bill. It is contagious. Also on today's program, uh, we're going to meet Harris Rosen, who's a 77-year-old entrepreneur, and talk about why he decided to take responsibility for educating the youth. And I'm all of them in two disadvantaged, crime-ridden neighborhoods. He's paying their tuition for every single child from preschool through college. What other business leaders can learn from what Harris is doing. Uh, but first, we're going to meet an oceanographer, a scuba diver, and a research scientist who, at the age of 85, is now leading the fight to protect our oceans. What she's learned that she thinks we all need to know. Ordinary people living extraordinary lives, it's time for Growing Bolder.
1: Now, if the ocean is what really gives us life, why are we killing it? If we continue to do irreparable damage to the sea, what is that going to end up doing to us? To our future? Well, nobody knows the answer to that question better than our next guest, a hero, an eco warrior, a simply incredible person who has revolutionized the diving world. She's one of the world's most significant marine scientists, maybe most ever. She's an explorer, an author, a lecturer, an oceanographer. And you know what? She's even a pioneer. She was the first female chief scientist of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. She's the inspiration behind this incredible group called Ocean Elders dedicated to protecting the ocean and its wildlife. And Man, this is amazing. She was named by Time Magazine as its first hero for the planet, and she's been named a living legend by the Library of Congress. And those are just a few of her honors and accomplishments, which is why we're excited to welcome Sylvia Earle. How are you, Sylvia?
0: Doing just fine. I'm in California. Where where are you?
1: I I was just going to ask you, because I I, I was almost halfway maybe expecting you, you to be in a boat somewhere, you know, out in the middle of the sea, but I'm glad you're nice and dry today.
0: Well, actually, the the ocean is coming to me. There's a fog. As I look out my window, it's just this sea fog bringing the ocean inland. It's great. The ocean touches everyone, everywhere, all the time.
1: And that's kind of been your your thing, too, in helping us reminding us how important the ocean is to to humanity, to to, to our survival, to why we're even still here. Uh, one of the things that struck me in learning about you, Sylvia, is in addition to being an eco-warrior, we believe you are also an age warrior, a leading voice and calling for urgent action to protect the ocean. And I know a lot of people don't like talking about their age, but you must be absolutely proud of yours.
0: I just don't think about it. Uh, I am asked sometimes, well, when are you going to retire? I say, why, why would I? <laughs> I love what I'm doing, and I feel good. So I retire to what? <laughs> Getting new tires so that I can keep going? That's what I need.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to take a risk here, and I hope I don't offend you by mentioning your age. Is that okay?
0: <laughs> well, I, how about if you say I was born in 1935, and people can do the math
1: we have these stereotypes of what we think an 85 per 85 year old person would look like. And it's not you. What is it? I mean, it's not just genetics. It's got to be the fact that your life has purpose.
0: I think that has a lot to do with just staying alive. When you have something to look forward to every minute of every day and getting up and- Not just saying, oh dear, it's like, yes, what are we going to do now? There's so much left to do. I mean, I'd love to live 100 years more to see how the world will be based on what we're doing now. But I'm going to make the best use of whatever time I've got. I have expeditions planned for the coming 10 years. 10 years, which is a nice chunk of time to anticipate. And then we'll see. Maybe there'll be 10 more after that. But if if you get locked into thinking, I can't do this because whatever that because is, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too old, I'm too young. You just get you get held back. I don't want to be held back. I just want to keep going.
1: You know, I I think, too, Sylvia, in your instance, we can't afford for you to be held back because, you know, the problem is that. We know we have a problem when it comes to the health of our oceans, but we really don't understand, I, I don't think, how bad it is. And uh, so since we have you now, can can you help us understand what what is the status of the oceans?
0: I began diving, exploring the ocean from the inside out in the 1950s. 1953, off the coast of Florida, I had access to some of the first scuba equipment in the united states and later i had a chance to live underwater i've done it 10 times staying submerged for the first time was for two full weeks Now then I look at jane goodall who was able to spend 15 years living in the forests of gombe in africa to get to know life especially our fellow primates the chimpanzees and and to really understand them as individuals, well, my brief excursion two weeks living underwater really changed the way I look at fish and other ocean wildlife. I saw them, as Jane got to see the animals in the place she was studying, as individuals. You could see differences in their faces, in their behaviors, and the fact that they have associations that. Even across species, sometimes grouper that you see on the menus all over in in the tropical area, certainly in Florida. But they sometimes team up with an octopus to go hunting. And sometimes these various species of grouper team up with a fellow fish, not the same species, moray eels. And they go fishing together, looking for food that they then share. There's so much that we have to learn not just about who lives there there i mean we're just scratching the surface of the ocean literally i mean i've used 30 different kinds of submarines and i'm embarking right now on building with the company that my daughter and son-in-law own and operate i started the company deep ocean exploration and research more than 25 years ago but they now own it operate it and we're building little submarines to be able to take you, me, kids, what people, to explore and understand the ocean at least down to a thousand meters. But even saying all that, we're, we're just beginning to understand that the deeper we go in the ocean, the less we know, but the more new discoveries we find, the ability to go beneath the surface and to spend meaningful time there, is is what we now have to look forward to. In, in my lifetime, I've been a witness to the greatest era of discovery and learning so far. When I was a child, no one had been to the moon. No one had been to the deepest part of the sea. No one really knew about our internal biome of microbes. No one, go back a couple of hundred years, you know, think back in the 1800s, viruses, they weren't even known. I mean, the effects of smallpox was known, but the cause of it was not. Now we know we can do something about things that you understand, but there's so much more that we have to really grasp about how the world functions. But we know enough to know we have to take care of of the natural systems, because while we've learned so much, we've also, in my lifetime, lost more of the natural world than during any time in history. So we're at this turning point. Aren't you glad to be alive now?
1: (laughs) You know, a lot of it depends if we listen to people like Sylvia Earle, if we if we if we Really, listen to you, uh, can you tell us what is the state now because I, I I know that this is a this is something that's really probably the the most important thing in your life right now is, is helping us understand what we're doing and why now is the time to act before it 's too late
0: Well, there are two big obvious problems about what's happening to the ocean what we 're putting into the ocean is cause for harm. And it isn't just the discarded fishing gear, the ghost nets that keep on killing and killing and killing over decades. It's not just the soda bottles and plastic bags and straws and all of that. It's all the toxic chemicals that are going into the ocean. It's also what's coming from the atmosphere that is, you know, carbon dioxide, excess carbon dioxide going into the atmosphere going into the ocean as well, causing the ocean to be more acidic. And it's happening on our watch. There's a trend of ocean acidification, which is bad news for oysters and clams and little fish and big fish. All life in the ocean is, is affected by changing chemistry and changing temperature. So what we're putting in the atmosphere that's warming the planet is also warming the ocean having an impact on life in the ocean, as well as life on the land. It's also what we're taking out of the ocean. On my watch, since I was a little girl, even more recently, since the 1970s, there's been a decline of ocean wildlife. What's that? Ocean wildlife. Tuna, swordfish, oysters, clams, you name it. Wild animals from the sea have declined on the order of 90%. 90% of the tunas, the swordfish, the cod, the herring, and some of these animals were already depleted, even starting the 20th century, because even with relatively simple methods, we'd been able to deplete whales, for example, and seals. And But when the 20th century came along, we had power, to, especially from the 1950s onward, the power using technologies developed during wartime, some say gave us the ability to wage war on the ocean to be able to find, capture, and market wildlife from the sea on a scale that is unprecedented. So big problems, what we're putting in, what we're taking out, think of the impact on the planet on planetary Chemistry on the processes of generating oxygen, of capturing carbon, of holding this miraculous blue planet within safe boundaries. How are we going to sustain ourselves now with nearly 8 billion people? When I was a child, there were only 2 billion people. Going back to 1800, only 1 billion people. The planet has remained the same size, but we have been depleting. The forests, we've been, we've been channeling the fresh water to suit us and depriving the natural systems of what they require in order to maintain a, the, a planet that has sufficient oxygen in the atmosphere for life as we know it, that has not, that, that holds the, the, the phosphorus, the nitrogen, the oxygen, all the basic elements of, of what make Earth habitable. For us, it's our life support system that's really at risk right now.
2: At the age of 85, Sylvia Earle still focused on the future. Making an impassioned plea to protect ourselves by saving our oceans. When we come back, we'll get her take on gender equality, personal responsibility, and what we can all do to make a difference. This is Growing Boulder.
1: Support for Growing Boulder provided by Florida Blue Medicare. Turning 64 is a time to celebrate as new adventures and opportunities await. And 64 is also a time to think about Medicare. Growing Boulder created a guide that helps explain it all. Available for free at growingbolder.com slash medicare. Check out Growing Boulder TV, airing on public television stations nationwide. Visit growingbolder.com slash TV for program listings and where to watch.
2: You're listening to Growing Boulder. I'm Mark Middleton. You know, if you've ever wondered if one person can really make a difference, well, it doesn't get any clearer than this. Sylvia Earle may be the most important and best respected voice in the struggle to save our oceans. At 85 years old, she continues to fight for the future of our planet. Bill Schaefer dives right back into our conversation.
1: You know, you obviously an eco warrior. We talked about you being an age warrior. You've also been in the thick of the gender struggle too. What was, what was that? How has that been for you over the length of your career? And are you seeing positive changes?
0: You know, a lot of the way people deal with, whether it's age or gender or physical capability, i said you're too tall you're too short you're you're really strong or you're really good looking or you're really not in by human standards at this point in time whatever it is the the if you just take it in stride and look in the mirror and say this is what i'm good at this is what i love to do and and be the best you can at that which makes you you Whether you have a way with numbers or a way with words or a way with kids or a way with animals, use that special thing that makes you you. And if you're really good at whatever it is, people will come to you. It doesn't matter how old you are or what you look like or what country you've come from. People will find you if you're really good
1: at something and if you really care about it. So, Sylvia, I think all of us hear that and we go, yes, she's 100 percent right. And then we turn around and we just it just leaves our mind because we start to think, well, she's Sylvia Earle. I'm just, you know, Bill Schaefer. What in the world can I do? Do you believe one person can make a difference?
0: Well, it's Margaret Mead said long ago that. It's just individuals who. Who always make a difference? It starts everything that happens, good or, or bad, starts with somebody doing something that has an impact around them. Or sometimes it's not doing something that either right or wrong that that can make a difference. You, we we could, if we wanted to, if we really felt that it was important, we could kill every last tuna. We could. We could find them, capture them, market them, eat them, and they'd be gone. We almost did it with whales. But somewhere along the line, individuals who saw whales differently could see them as individuals, see them as families, see them as fellow creatures on this miraculous blue planet, and began to use their voice and then collectively came together together. So that in 1986, there was a powerful collection of voices, individuals coming together so that there is not commercial whaling anymore. But when I was a child, whalers were being celebrated, brave, heroic whalers going out killing animals to bring them back as products. But now we see it differently because somebody somewhere along the line felt compassion and saw the pain, the suffering that we were inflicting on these animals and could see them from their standpoint and can see values beyond pounds of meat and barrels of oil. And today, today, there are more whales, the great whales, the eight or so species of large whales. There are more of them overall than when I was a child. Why? We stopped killing them. We began to look at their values beyond just products. We're starting to do that with tuna. We're starting to do that with grouper. In Florida, there's a constituency of people standing up to say, Goliath grouper, we need them in the ocean. We should not be killing them for sport. They have never had humans as predators on the scale that we are now imposing. Maybe you've heard of the film, My Octopus Teacher. This guy in South so- Africa who just jumps in that cold water every day armed with his mind and a camera and began documenting the behavior of one single animal, an octopus. He didn't even give her a name, but he respected her. And over years, well, one particular year, documented his interaction with this little animal, And and now, with an Oscar-winning film, has begun to change the way people think about not just octopus, but maybe themselves, and the relationship to nature. Craig Foster, there's a hero, an individual, using his power, using his insight, and then sharing it with the world. It's one thing to have these great experiences, but if you just... Just keep it to yourself. It doesn't have the impact you're you're not making the difference that you could if you bring others along to be able to see what you see and at least vicariously experience what you're experiencing and then
1: say why it matters. So and, and Sylvia, that that's such you, you put you just really hit the nail on the head as far as your value to us, because you are a person who who understands how to make us care, to make us see things that we generally look past. You are a tremendous example of how one person with a huge heart and, and a passion can affect us all and and affect change for the better. We we're so grateful uh, for what you've done, to still have you here, and 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 helping you and taking up. This fight that's for the benefit of every single life. You are a true hero of the planet and even more important, a a real hero of humanity. And folks, you can learn more about Sylvia Earle at mission-blue.org. Fascinating conversation. There's so much more to her. Uh, And the more you see, the more fascinating and inspiring it is. I urge you to to check out more. And and let's not make this Sylvia's cause. Let's let's make it our own. Our most sincere thanks to Sylvia Earle.
2: When we come back, we're going to hang out with John Stamos and see what he's been up to since Full House.
1: Support for Growing Boulder provided by The Alliance for Lifetime Income. Protected income from an annuity can help cover essential expenses in retirement, giving you the freedom to live the life you want. The right financial professional can show you how. Learn more at protectedincome.org. And by The Center for Health and Well-Being, now open in Winter Park wholeness, fitness, and medicine together in one convenient location, offering programs and services to promote healthy living and positive aging. More at yourhealthandwellbeing.org. In
0: my hand at the
1: Man, it sure is easy these days to find yourself spending way too much time sitting on the couch, isn't it? Well, it's not as easy as you think to get up but it just may be more important than you realize. So let's talk for a minute about how. Man, my couch can be pretty stubborn. It doesn't want to let me go. So the key to getting active is to start with something slow and easy, something you'll do more than once, something where you won't overdo it and end up doing more harm than good, something that doesn't require a membership or cost you any money, something you could do any time of the day. Take a walk. I know, it sounds way too simple, too easy, but walking is one of the best exercises you can do. It helps your posture, works just about every muscle group, your circulation, and if you strike up a conversation with that neighbor you haven't seen in years, it can even boost your socialization, which is something else you can't do on the couch. I get it. I haven't told you anything you don't already know, and you probably agree with, too. So why don't we do it? Reason number one, it's boring. Well, not anymore. You know the phone you have? There are so many things you can listen to. What was your favorite album in high school? Give it a listen for the first time in decades while you're walking around the block. Hey, you've heard of podcasts. Why don't you download one? Maybe you'll find out why so many people love them. Look, walking is awesome. Are there any gators listening out there? A University of Florida study shows that even if you only go a quarter of a mile... It makes a huge difference in the aches and pains and flexibility over those who don't. And here's something else. Walking, well, it's a gateway exercise. Yep, it's been proven to lead you to the hard stuff like jogging, biking, even exercising. You will feel better about yourself because you'll feel better overall. You'll find yourself wanting to improve your diet. You'll even see it in your blood work. You'll have more strength, better endurance, balance, and flexibility. So what do you say? Give it a try. Start today. Promise yourself that you'll walk at least three times a week, and before you know it, you'll be a better healthier you. More information at growingbolder.com slash medicare.
2: For the past 30 years, this guy has been all over television, a two-time Emmy-nominated actor and producer. You've seen him on Full House, Fuller House, Grandfather, General Hospital, Entourage, Two and a Half Men, Law and Order, SUV, ER, Glee, and much more. He has starred in some of the biggest hits on Broadway. Uh, He's also a talented musician who, when he feels like it, He tours with his buddies, the Beach Boys. He's also become a bit of a poster boy for health and active lifestyle. Let's see what we can learn from the man himself, Mr. John Stamos. John, welcome. How are you doing today?
3: Mark, can you just follow me around with that intro everywhere I go? Just say all that nice stuff and I just walk in and out, and that'll be that.
2: Uh, You know what? I'd like that job. Uh, If it opens up, let, let me know. You look
3: good, buddy. I could see you, too. I, you look healthy. You look happy. And, uh, you, you know, NPR is, is the place to be. So uh, this is a good interview.
2: I appreciate that. Every little bit of that. Speaking of healthy and happy, uh, you yeah. are all of that. And, and, you know, I see you're surrounded with with what? What do we got going on there?
3: Well, this is uh, Julia Roberts' old, Julia Roberts, I was going to say, Julia, Julia Child's old set, you know, from the, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I'm here talking about this, you know, wonderful company that I started working with a while ago, Or wheat Bread. Uh, they're also uh, Arnold Bread and, what's the other one, Brown Bread? Yeah, they're a good company, really good company. They came to me a while ago and said, you know, do you want to partner up with me? And I said, well, let me try the bread. Let me see what that's about. Because I, I really have led a pretty healthy lifestyle for the last you know 10 15 years um and i always try to eat nutritiously so i was you know let me check it i was at i have this new show called big shot on disney plus and every uh, for forever i've always eaten like a turkey sandwich during the day for energy and i said no we got to have the you know or wheat bread on the set now and they said john you've been eating it for like a year and a half i said oh i feel pretty good okay good i'm in i'm in Uh, So that's how that started. And, um, you know, I've just gone from there. Today we're talking about this small slice. I just, uh, Do you have kids,
2: Mark? Uh, I do have kids. They don't live at home, uh, and they eat Mm. on their own, so I have no idea what they're eating.
3: (laughs) Well, hopefully this. My kid, I'm not even making this up. They'll tell you in the studio. I just FaceTimed him, and he was eating French toast with a small slice. And I said, that's good, son, and I'm going to, you know, bring you a, a toy when we get home because you're eating the right thing.
2: What else do you do, John? Because you 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 are uh, a healthier. I think people hear John Stamos, they imagine you're being followed around by nutritionists and personal trainers and massage yeah. therapists and Reiki yeah. masters. And uh, what what is your secret beyond your diet? <laughs> uh,
3: none of that happens um, beyond my diet. I drink the blood of Rob Lowe. That helps. Um, <laughs> No, I I exercise quite a bit. I I swim um, and I chase my three-year-old around quite a bit. Um, But my wife is, you know, super healthy too. Um, And so we, you know, we just take care of each other. And also... You know, just you know, the heart is important to take care of too, and I don't just mean you know with eating nutritiously. I mean just being a good person these days, because boy, you know, the world is uh, is uh, has you know as you know, it has changed quite a bit and gotten a little darker and a little harder to get through each day. So you know, uh, put the love out. That's it. Put the love out. I, I'm I'm back on the road with the Beach Boys this summer, um, and boy, did people miss live music, you know? So that's another, uh, that's another exercise that I do because it's two and a half hours on stage. And those guys, Mike Love just turned 80 and wow. he buries the rest of us on stage. I'm not kidding you. He's mad if we try to cut the set. No, 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 we got to do two and a half hours. I mean, we'll take a break now. But, and I, got, I have them eating this small slice because, you know, every, we like to eat before the show to have, you know, energy, but too much is too much. So this small slice of bread that just came out is good, good for us.
2: Uh, I love the whole small slice. Small is yep. better the older we get. And speaking exactly. of which, you obviously did your due diligence with the bread. I, I did my due diligence with John Stamos. I okay. I hope you're OK with me sharing with people that you're 57. Uh, so, so now in your in your late 50s, approaching 60. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about aging in general, John? Are you are you excited about it? Are you bothered by it?
3: That's a good question. I, you know, it's everything's different now that you that you have a kid, right? I, you know, I'm, I, you know, I never really thought about my mortality much, you know, I was just like, Hey, let's, let's go, you know, baby. and now I was like, well, I got to slow down. I got to take care of myself. Cause I gotta, gotta take care of my son and my wife and make sure that, um, you know, the, my son certainly is a, a good contribution to this world. So I, I, I'm very conscious of it now. Um, I have been all the time, you know, most of my adult life, but now really focusing in on it because I want to be a good, healthy, um, example to my son.
2: You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I think a lot of us, again, look at celebrities and we think that uh, your life has been easy. It has not been filled with the challenges that the rest of us face. And I know that's not true for anybody. Mm-hmm. What's the moral of the story about life in, in general, John? Well, what, what can you share with us that you've learned uh, about the keys to a, a successful, happy, engaged life? Because it seems like you figured it out.
3: Well, I'm always trying to figure it out. It's not, you know, by any means. I I don't have the. I'm not. I haven't hit the jackpot. Other than having a great, you know, son, and I always wanted to be a father, so that was a big thing. But you know, my dad was a great example. He he owned uh, fast food restaurants, and I'd watch the way he treated people. And, and he would treat the, the busboy the same way he would treat the, the best customer that came into his restaurant. And that's always stuck with me. You know, I, and I've always been, I just care about people. Um, and I think I got it from him. And my mom was, my mom, I always said about my mother had enough love to fuel a small country. She just would gush love and she would find out, like she would find the best part of you. And that's how she would define you by. So, you know, my parents had a lot of influence um, in that. And, and, you know, I think it's just for, for right now, if, if I, you know, I, I don't have any answers, but for me, gratitude, I mean, the more I am thankful and, and, and grateful for what I have in my life, the better I, I feel. And I, and, uh, and as much as I can give back, I've always, you know, been into charities. Um, that always makes me feel better too, I think. And, and, and again, a good example to my son, we just went out to the LA food bank and passed out some food. And then this, this wonderful new company that i'm working with or we donate saw that i did it on instagram and they donated $25,000 to the food bank in la and that was that that's how i knew i was with the right company that was very kind of them
2: you know we we admire that about you john stamos as you continue to move forward you've always given back Uh, you mentioned your work at the local food bank you've been an advocate for abused children we know what those you serve get out of it what do you get out of volunteering why is volunteering so important to you well
3: being of service is is, um has just always been you know my mother was that way she she was always running charities you know for whatever uh cause that she could get involved with. And then she was, you know, then my, my, my uncle had cancer. So she raised a lot of money for this doctor who was doing some really interesting things in cancer. You know, so she was a great example. Uh, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, it's taken me so long to, sometimes I'll bring friends along to a hospital. We'll go visit hospitals and they're like, Oh, they're so sad. I said, it's not about us, you know, leave us out of it. Leave <laughs> us. So you say, what do I get out of it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. And a lot of people, Oh, you're so kind. for It's so easy. A lot of this is so easy for us to do. Um, it's really, I think that if, if, uh, um, I think there's always something for everyone to do. You don't have to be a celebrity, but I, I think if anyone in my shoes, they would do the same thing because I can literally make someone so, so happy, make their day, make their week, whatever, so quickly. And, um, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't take advantage of that opportunity.
2: Final question, John. I know you. I know you got to run. Um, you mentioned the pandemic earlier. I, I mm-hmm. think it, it was such a life lesson for all of us in so many different ways. We yes. have learned that life is really about, you know, experience more than things. A lot of us have recalibrated yes. what's important in our lives. As you look mm-hmm. at your life, both professionally and personally, h- how has the pandemic changed you? What do you think about moving forward?
3: Well, you hit it right on the on the head there. I mean, it, things that we thought were so important really aren't right at the end of the day family for me. Um, and, and the only silver lining was that I got to spend so much time with my son the last you know year and a half, almost uh, which I probably wouldn't be able to do, but also it's like, we have no control. You know, we have, we never had control really. That's, that's the thing that I'd learned. I mean, we can control what we can't control is love and being there for other people. And you know, uh, not to sound cheesy, uh, what we put in our bodies. I mean, you know, we can't control that. And that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here today talking about, you know, eating nutritiously and, 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 and eating the right food. So you can go out there and be a loving person. Do, does this sound like a, like a, like a am Oprah or something? No, because I'm trying to,
2: <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> uh, well, all right, then it does sound like that. And let me just say yeah. this, John, uh, I, I knew when we, uh, uh, we're, we're blessed with the opportunity to talk to you that we would hear about bread because I know that that is what this is about. But, but mm-hmm. you are you are a real pro because you talk about bread, uh, but, but you also give us you came to play. You, know, you, <laughs> gave, you gave us something to think about. You gave us something more than bread. Uh, you gave us uh, the meat in between that. So so thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that. And, and God thank bless you, you for all you do.
3: God bless you, Mark. And you know what? You 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 asked some great questions, and you got in some great areas that allowed me to, to to speak like this. So I appreciate it, and I hope I talk to you soon. Let's 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 do another interview later.
2: I, I'd today. love to do that. And tomorrow, <laughs> okay. Thank you, John.
3: Thanks, buddy.
1: When we come back, how about free education for every kid in a disadvantaged community? We'll tell you how a Florida hotelier has taken the concept of giving back to a whole new level. This is Growing Boulder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by. Winter Park's new Crosby Wellness Center at the Center for Health and Well-Being. More than just a gym, it features unique medically integrated programs, activities for all ages and skill levels, and free group exercise classes with memberships. More at CrosbyWellnessCenter.org. Stay connected to Growing Boulder for daily doses of hope, inspiration, and possibility. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for our latest stories and motivational pictures. When it comes to financial planning for retirement, some people say, hey, I can handle my own finances. Most of us hate spending money on things we think we can do ourselves. But do most of us fly our own planes or fix our own computers? No, we use professionals because they have more education, experience, and they're experts at their craft. Similarly, think of a financial professional as a highly trained guide for retirement. And just like most of us wouldn't wander into the wilderness without a guide, it doesn't make sense to navigate the challenging retirement planning landscape alone, especially with the way the markets are these days. Financial professionals spend years learning their trade and are experienced in dealing with all the different scenarios that come up when planning for retirement. Most have degrees in finance, accounting, economics, business, math, or law, and are certified or licensed in things like investing, taxes, estate planning, and risk management. Among other things, the right financial professional can help you figure out your goals and aspirations for retirement. They can help you develop a holistic and comprehensive retirement strategy and plan that includes making sure you'll have enough income to last throughout retirement. And based on your customized plan, they can help you invest your money in the right places and at the right time. Keep a constant watch for changes in the markets and help make adjustments if necessary to stay on track with your plan. And most importantly, the right financial professional can help you make the transition from saving and accumulating money for retirement to actually planning for income and spending in retirement. This is a critical point that people often miss, especially if you want to make sure you never run out of money. In a retirement that can last 20, 30, or more years, the Alliance for Lifetime Income is a nonprofit educational organization that believes no one should have to face the prospect of running out of money. This amazing organization has a whole library of easy to understand information, tools and guides, and stories of real life Americans who found ways to protect their retirement and have the freedom to live a bold life. Go to ProtectedIncome.org to get recommendations on where and how to best find the right financial professional for you. This is Growing Bolder. I'm Bill Schaefer with a story now of moving forward yet giving back. From humble beginnings, Harris Rosen has built one of the largest independently owned hotel groups in the country – But a hotelier is not what Harris Rosen is. It's simply what he does. Harris Rosen is a lot of things. He's a family man, an educator, a health care provider, a swimmer, a legendary philanthropist, and a passionate advocate for civil rights and racial equality. And he sat down with Mark Middleton for an inspiring interview.
2: Harris Rosen starts every day with a one-hour swim. It's a routine he's maintained for decades and it's more important than ever as the 81-year-old president and chief operating officer of Rosen Hotels and Resorts navigates a pandemic that has devastated the hospitality industry.
4: And we've had to do some things that never, ever did I believe I would ever have to do. Furlough people and then actually term some people people who have been with me for 10, 15, and 20 years, and it, it's emotionally difficult, um, but sometimes it's necessary.
2: One stroke after another, literally and figuratively, Rosen is battling back while continuing a quest he began 30 years ago after hearing a voice. Harris,
4: it's time for you to say thank you, God and to offer a helping hand to others. You've done very well. You will continue to do well, but take a deep breath.
2: Rosen's deep breath has changed the trajectory of thousands of lives. Hello, and welcome to the
4: PS8 Rosen Preschool.
2: He's adopted two disadvantaged, crime-ridden neighborhoods where he provides free education to every child from preschool through college. All expenses paid: books, supplies, mentors, tuition, room and board, travel. Everything. The results have been stunning. One
4: hundred percent graduation rates from high school. Seventy-eight percent graduation rates from college. Crime down eighty percent. Home values increase from about thirty or forty thousand
2: to one hundred and fifty thousand. Having proven a significant return on investment, he's encouraged other wealthy individuals, big corporations, and major foundations to step up, and yet...
4: No one has decided to replicate our program. Mark, we don't understand why. The data is so amazing. If a child graduates from high school, they will earn, over a lifetime, a million dollars or more. If they graduate from college, add another million dollars. They will spend it in the private sector. So if I own a company of any kind, I'm going to benefit in some way. Why don't they understand?
2: Rosen took another bold step 30 years ago, creating Rosencare, a self-insured health care plan for his thousands of employees and their families. Rosencare has its own medical center with doctors, nurses, and therapists where employees can get checkups, screenings, and treatments on company time, including free fitness and wellness programs designed to help quit smoking and lose weight.
4: If you work for me and you're an hourly associate, you pay $850 a year for health care. How big is the deductible? No deductibles. <laughs> Pharmaceuticals, 90 Percent are free. Our whole premise is, if you keep people healthy, you save money in healthcare. Our little company has saved about five hundred million dollars when compared to the traditional cost. We have all the data. Why can't other people do that? They don't understand the benefits to the employer. Healthier employees means savings.
2: Rosen also donated $10 million in the land to build the University of Central Florida's Rosen College of Hospitality Management, the largest hospitality program in the nation. And for over two decades, he's provided water filtration systems and supplies to hospitals, orphanages and schools in Haiti, helping impoverished residents attain self-sufficiency. Which brings us back to the pool and the fitness center, which now bears his name. With all of his other commitments and with the pandemic threatening his entire business, Rosen was asked to save the center from demolition when the YMCA decided it could no longer support it.
4: I said, I can't, I'm getting killed. I've got Tangelo Park, I've got Paramore, I've got the Rosen College, I've got the Jewish Community Center, I've got Haiti. I mean, I can't.
2: But the voice spoke to him again, reminding him that the facility, a community center of health and well-being, is being used daily by Special Olympians and swimmers of all ages. So, once again, he extended a helping hand. I had a conversation with our finance folks, and I
4: said, guys, I'm going to do it. I know I'm crazy, but I'm going to do it. And so we did it.
2: After a swim, Rosen heads to his office, the same one he's occupied for nearly 40 years, a small converted room in the quality inn that he purchased decades ago with a $20,000 down payment from his life savings. Even after all of his success, he doesn't surround himself with extravagance, just personal reminders of the things he loves, the family he cherishes, and the causes he believes in. The simple statement that I will offer as to
4: why I do the things I do, it is the right thing to do. That's not very complicated.
2: You know, I love that, Bill. It really isn't any more complicated than that. When you ask Harris Rosen why he does what he does, his answer is, because it's the right thing to do. And, and I think all of us kind of know deep down inside what the right thing to do is in almost every circumstance. But how many of us actually do it?
1: You know, what did you think, Mark, coming away from actually getting to sit down and talk with him? We, we always think in terms these days of people who are very successful. We think of them as terms of people who turn their backs on the mm-hmm. rest of us and, and who have made their money off the backs of others working below them. But Harris, boy, he is... I hope he's not so unique, but but what did you come away thinking about the guy?
2: You know, he's an ordinary guy. He really, really is. Uh, You know, I I think when someone like Harris, who is powerful and has this persona, and you know, he's legendary in this area, when you sit down and all of that is stripped away and it's just the guy with a big heart, Uh, and it does make you realize that what he's achieved, the success that he has experienced, is possible for all of us if we're persistent, and uh, if we believe in what we're doing and if we apply ourselves. But yeah, he was just a normal guy with a big heart. And uh, it, was, it was fun
1: to get to spend time with him. Boy, and it's amazing how he's setting the bar for other business leaders and leaders in industry to do things that traditionally they don't, to dig into the healthcare problems and the issues of income inequality and step in to make a difference, not wait for government to do it, but to actually make a difference. What an amazing guy, Mark, and a great story.
2: It's all about setting an example so that more of us know what's possible. And, and Bill, as we wrap it up, that's really what's on my mind today because we usually talk about that. You know, speaking about setting an example, uh, I'm flying to Louisiana next week because I want to be there when Julia Hawkins, at 105 years old, becomes the oldest athlete, male or female, to ever compete in a sanctioned event, a sports event, not just track and field. She's going to run the 100 meters at the Louisiana – senior games at 105 years old. 105? And at a a meet, a track meet? And did you say 100 meters? 100 meters at 105. And and here's (laughs) what I like about it, Bill. it's, It's not about an athletic... Accomplishment. It is about an example of what's possible for all of us. You know, th- th- this is redefining the boundaries of human potential, because I will tell you this, the fastest growing demographic in our country, men and women over the age of 85, the number of centenarians, those over 100, is going to grow eightfold in the next 30 years. And Julia Hawkins is not some sort of genetic super freak. Active longevity is not a function of, of genetics it is a lifestyle choice and it's one that julia has made she is socially engaged she is active she has a quality of life that most of us would envy and she is the face of the future if you want to know who julia hurricane hawkins is she's you if you make the right kind of lifestyle choices because more of us moving forward are going to have the opportunity Maybe we're not going to run 100 meters at 105, but we're going to be able to hang out and have a good time.
1: It does kind of make you wonder when it's too late, though, because I'm sure to get to 105, she must have been running all her life.
2: She never started. She started as a cyclist at the age of 80, and she gave that up at 95 because there was no one left to compete with. But at 100, she said, you know what? I'm 100. I'm going to run the 100,
1: and the rest is history. That's incredible. Mark Middleton will be there in person to witness this and bring it back to Growing Bolder. Make sure you stick with us because these are the stories that are shaping our lives. He makes a great point. It's not about her. It's about us because that's Growing Boulder. See you next time. The Growing Boulder Radio Show is a production of Growing Boulder LLC, all rights reserved. This program was recorded at Growing Boulder Studios in Orlando and is available as a weekly podcast on NPR One, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. It is written and produced by Jill Middleton, Mark Middleton, and Bill Schaefer. Technical director is Jason Morrow. Production manager is Michael Nanis. Chief Audio Engineer is MacDula and our most important team member, you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep growing bolder every day. Crimson flames tap through my ears, going high and mighty traps. Countless
0: fire and flaming rope, using ideas as my maps.